الظالمين والصلوات الله وسلامه على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم لا سهل إلا ما جعلته سهلا وأنت تجل الحزن إذا شئت سهلا اللهم أعنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك يا رب الكريم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Right, yo, folks. So today is a, uh, it's going to be a very beneficial lesson. Sheikh Abdul Ghaffar is going to make you an extra special lesson. It's a very intense lesson as well, alhamdulillah. But let's first of all address the elephant in the room, okay? The elephant in the room, okay? Other than myself, I mean, okay? <laughs> right? The elephant in the room is that if any of you, in any way, and I'm talking to you, Paggies online as well, right in any single way through eye contact through facial expression and hayhat yani if through one word from your mouths indicate to me what happens tonight in the score between united and city i will ban you forever from this class like banned forever like ever you can anonymous yourself yeah you realize that it is you know i think it's on it's on our um uh you know we booked into the masjid the other day and you know when they don't reset the information screen, yeah, it's got like the messages of the Windows uh, desktop yani, admin. Yani, it just doesn't know it doesn't tell you what they're doing anyway. So they've got the screen up and it's saying, yeah, your IP address is being uh, traced. Yeah, so on the screen, information outside. So I just want to just remind you, Yanni, yeah, <laughs> that I'm an expert in that. You know, by the way, obviously, you know, he's opened that door, I've got to close it now, isn't it? Yeah. I had a stalker once. Like a proper freaked out yani individual. Individual. I'm not going to tell you his name, but he was dangerous geezer. He got arrested, by the way. Yani full serious. Yeah, yeah. Full, full serious. And, uh, uh, <laughs> and you know how they got caught? IP. Yeah? And they thought that they were clever, but I've got moves, you know what I'm saying? Yeah? Cracked my whole thingy, blah, blah, blah. Got him online, then started finding details. I said, Right, I've taken him. So, I'm just pointing that out there, okay? It's all fair in love and war, all right? I respect you lot, you respect that little request, okay? I don't want to hear anything, see anything. I just want to go home. I was to enjoy either because I just want to enjoy my misery. I'm going to go home, I'm going to eat and drink and eat and drink because it doesn't matter what happens win, lose, bad, not. It's a disaster either way. It's literally a disaster. I don't know about Arsenal score because that's just going to make me extra excited, then it's going to make me even more upset. It's not, I don't know. It's going to make me more upset. I want specific things that you don't, don't understand. You're not on my level. You're not. I need a, a Jimenez hat trick. I want Wolves to get to get. Yeah, it's such a score. I want Arsenal to get battered beyond belief. I want hat trick. I want Sterling to get a hat trick and three assists. Okay, and then I want Liverpool to lose every single game afterwards. <laughs> I want Arsenal and Chelsea thingy to lose every single game after. Don't be adding me. Don't. That's it. Bring the sweets. Let's yeah, start it now. Sweet, you know, one life from the beginning. Yeah. There's no point in us You're flapping around. There's no, there's no point in us flapping around. You know what I mean? All right? So, all right. So, I'm telling you all online, name, Abida, everybody. Yeah, anyone do the dirty on me yet? Yeah, I swear to you. That's what I'm saying. Especially online. You are the easiest person in the world you need to, to track down. I can't start that now. I'll get upset. Right. Secondly, welcome. Uh, Amna. Good to see you, Amna. Good to see you, Salman. Good to see you, Usman. Um, and to uh, Hamad as well. We would just come back from uh, Umrah. And it was uh, a great trip, alhamdulillah, bifadillah, azawajal. And we came back on Sunday. And things for Hajj now are super hotting up. 
things are in uh, action stations, the group is starting to get together, and it's all very exciting. As for this dars, it is, couldn't possibly be further from that, in that this dars is as serious as it gets. Okay, Obviously, folks who were uh, with us last week will know that we started the serious stuff. We started talking about the dua of, Okay, and I seek refuge with you from the punishment of the hellfire. And um, uh, today is going to be going into that in detail. All right, the text, um, which I will translate. And then uh, Sheikh Abdul Fahad Rasul Akhsar is with us because there's a lot of ayat. It's a very different lesson, this. Even though Sheikh Uthameen is going to come at it from a very legal point of view, so he's going to break it down. He's going to say, right, what are the issues that we think about when we talk about these points? And it's actually really refreshing how straightforward he goes into the theological issues, philosophical issues of our time, fitna, and so on and so forth. But Sheikh Uthameen is going to quote ayah after ayah after ayah. And we have one of the great reciters. So, mashallah, he can recite that and we can explain it as well. The text then is, um, then he says, Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala Muhammad, we've done all that, okay. And then, وَيَسْتَعِيذُ مِنْ عَذَابِ جَهَنَّمِ وَمِنْ عَذَابِ الْقَبَرِ وَمِنْ عَذَابِ الْقَبَرِ وَمِنْ فِتْنَةِ الْمَحْيَى وَالْمَمَاتِ And I think that's going to be enough for today. وَفِتْنَةِ الْمَسِيحَ الدَّجَّالِ So he will then seek refuge. يعني after saying Durud Sharif, اللهم صلي على محمد وعلى على محمد After he finishes that, then he will seek refuge from the fitna, from the punishment of the of Jahannam, and then from the punishment of the grave, and then from the punishment of Al Mahya Wal Mamat, the of life and death, and then from the fitna, the trial of the Antichrist. That is basically what we're going to spend the next few weeks. We're only two lessons left now, uh, but maybe we might be able to cover it all in two weeks or not. Allahu Ta'ala A'lam. So we started this actually last week. Now I know that you, especially you lot, yeah, I need a bunch of Pakis, yeah? Other than that's okay, maybe, obviously. And Jeeves, okay, maybe. All right. And Amelia, definitely. All right. Okay. Okay. I'm, I, I, I'm just giving it some moves, okay? These guys, yeah, they were online. But the rest, uh, obviously, Salman was there live. So, I mean, that's fair enough. Osman was there live. Ahmad was he there? Chodr was live? Oh, sugar. <laughs> oh, my God. I just want to let everybody online know. And everybody in, in this room here, that Chaudhary here, okay, Hamad, he's there through the whole lesson. And I mean the stress of stress lessons. On Wednesday recording this, and don't know how long it's going to take to upload. He's going to be ready in time for people, blah, blah, blah. Stress, stress, stress. You know, it's completely forbidden to record in Mecca. Headache, 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 stress, trying to hide from the police, trying to work out where. We went to the masjid. We couldn't do it in the masjid. We couldn't do it in the musalla of the hotel. In the end, we did it in the bedroom. Alright, just so that you know, right? We finish it. Our plus lesson, the love understands that he goes, you know what? I think we should record it again. <laughs> I said, what? <laughs> he just sat there through a private lesson with only three people, yeah? Got to ask all his questions, got to, I think we should record it again. He does what he wants. <laughs> he does what he wants. That was the tagline for his first person's trip. Says what he wants, does what he wants. He does what he wants. Yeah, that's it. So, right, right, okay. So, let's, uh, all right, let's get all jokes out of the way because there's nothing to joke about after this minute right now. It is like, Yanni, pff, hardcore all the way. 
So on page 169, folks, uh, bring up the... Oh, actually, uh, two things important, subhanAllah. Uh, Lala, what's this man? Put up the uh, portal. Two, two really uh, uh, good points. Well, uh, one is... Um, uh, one is... Um, uh, I've forgotten who it was, but someone has been asking again and again and again, what is the reason then for the revelation of the tahiyyah, the tashahud, at-tahiyyatu lillah. Do you remember that? Okay, we don't have that, yet that question. And the reason that, that that question comes up is because there's a popular idea, certainly amongst Pakhs, okay, that the Prophet ﷺ was taught at-tahiyyatu lillah, yani in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That yani on the night of Al-Mi'raj, he went to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he got to the Sidrat al-Muntaha and he made sajda and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught him. You, you, yeah, have you heard that or not? Smile if you're not, not known. Even amongst the Arabs it's actually uh, common and it's based upon some fabricated narrations. And I just want to make again emphasize that there's no basis for that whatsoever. In actual fact, the actual reasons are very, very mundane because the Prophet um, literally went up to Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, uh, Mas'ud radiallahu an in one narration and he said to him he said to him like I'm going to quote like a, num a number of them just so you get a feel, a feel for it uh, so first of all Abdullah ibn Mas'ud himself was saying that the messenger of Allah sallallahu sallam, he taught me the tashahud with his hands in my hands he yani super close to me and he did that just like he would teach me a surah from the Quran I think I mentioned this narration before and then he said to me to repeat, At-tahiyyatu lillah wa salawatu wa tayyibatu wa salamu alayka yuhan nabi wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh wa salamu alayhi wa ibadillahi salihin ashadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashadu anna muhammad abduhu wa rasooluh That's narrated by the four imams. Then when it was the jama'ah, when they say jama'ah, it means the four imams and Nisa'i ibn Majah, Abu Dawood, the Tirmidhi. And some said that jama'ah means all of them. So that means also Bukhari and Muslim as well. But this is definitely the most authentic hadith in the chapter. And then, in another narration of the hadith, the Prophet ﷺ, he said that when one of you sits in the prayer, then let him say At-Tahiyyatu Lillah. And then he carried on with the rest of the hadith. And then, uh, and in another narration, he said, uh, when you say Wa'ala ibadillahi salihin, when you say Wa'ala ibadillahi salihin, فَإِنَّكُمْ إِذَا فَعَلْتُمْ ذَلِكَ فَقَدْ سَلَّمْتُ عَلَى كُلِّ عَبْدٍ لِلَّهِ صَالِحٌ فِي السَّمَاءِ وَالْأَرْضِ Every time that you say وَعَلَىٰ إِبَادِ اللَّهِ This is the words of the Prophet ﷺ. Every time you say وَعَلَىٰ إِبَادِ اللَّهِ الصَّالِحِينَ And once you've done that, then you have given salam upon every single pious servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the heavens and the earth. And, in, and then at the end of this particular narration, and then he said which something which has been an important statement for us. ثُمَّ يَتَخَيَّرْ مِنْ مَسْأَلَةِ مَا شَاءَ then let him then after that choose and ask for whatever they want. Whatever they want, let them ask. And make any dua that they want. It's hadith Bukhari and Muslim. So this is obviously this statement of go make a dua from whatever you want. And being in Bukhari Muslim opens up the issue of the salah in a very important way. In terms of length, time, in terms of making dua and whatever. And in terms of me saying like a couple of weeks ago that there are dua moments in the salah, the sajda and then after your Durud Sharif, okay? This is one which is a powerful dua moment. And it's only these two that we will allow people to really just go for it and make duas that they want. But when it comes to changing your language, we're not comfortable, so comfortable. I don't even know really, I can't logically explain it, 
but certainly not at the end of the prayer but the 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 the, the one in the sajda it's almost like you know what if we're going to give them something then we'll just give them one if we're going to give them one we're going to give them the most powerful and the most emotional and most spiritual and the most powerful is obviously sajda it's almost like as if we gave them two then the whole prayer is over if we said to them okay you can make dua in english in sajda and after uh, after Durud Sharif, after Salat Ibrahimi, then what's next? Then it's, that is back down to Atatürk kind of, uh, you know, a behavior where the Fatiha then turns into your own language and I can't read Arabic any b- b- more and I connect more with the English language and then you've got no stopping it. Then it starts to get out of control. Um, and then Abdullah ibn Mas'ud said that the Messenger of Allah sallam, taught him the tashahud wa amr and then commanded him to also teach the people as well. So that's it actually. There is no uh, other mysterious hadith that will be uh, you know, explaining some kind of romantic story. And I know that people are looking for that, especially once you've been told and you've been brought up to believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala personally taught the Prophet sallam, and so on and so forth. Everything after that is going to be let down. But the truth is that's fabricated and this is sahih. That's number one. Number two, Mesa asked a very important question, which I uh, said that I need to go back and look at my papers. And I realized when I did, I had made a mistake. And it's important for me to clarify. And well spotted, Mesa, Jazakumullah khair. I mentioned that when we're talking about the moving of the fingers, all right, of the finger in the salah, I said to you that, you know, the sunnah and the majority of the scholars and so on and so on, the class position is the not moving of the finger. And that every narration which indicates the movement of the finger is indicating a just a movement like an ishara so it's either pointing or at most it means to lift it up and then for it to come down at some point which is why the vast majority of ahl sunnah and the four imams and so on and so forth even though there's difference amongst even each madhab they don't have this movement and that at best if you're going to have a movement then it's a natural movement that goes with your dua and things that are saying but no more than that and I mentioned a whole number of hadith that indicate that, some that indicate the movement, some that don't indicate the movement. One of the famous hadith that I mentioned was a hadith of Abdullah ibn al-Zubair radiallahu anhu, ibn Awam. And he is narrated by Imam Muslim, okay, as saying that, kana uh, yashiru bi okay, and that he used to point or indicate yushir Yani with his finger, all right, when he was in tashahud. But, and that's the narration in Muslim. I then said that there is a ziyadah, there is an increase by Abdullah ibn Zubair, which some of the scholars used to, used to consider to be shadh. That means that if you have so many narrations, like as in Muslim, and in Bukhari, and in other books, where it just says, Kani yashiru bi usbu'ihi, Kani yashiru bi usbu'ihi, yet he used to point with his finger, nothing more said. He's the point of his finger. Nothing more said. فَأَشَارَ بِأُسْبُعِهِ Different form of the verb. And he pointed with his finger like he's describing. But doesn't mention anything else. And then a narration comes that says that he used to move it or that he didn't move it. And it's now going against the vast majority of narrations that don't say that. Then that narration in Islamic hadith, in fiqh, in, in hadith sciences is sometimes considered by experts to be shadh, which means odd, comparatively speaking to the vast majority. It's like basically some person coming in right now and saying it's bright and sunny outside. And I'm like, but everybody has just said to me that it's absolutely pitch black outside. When I swear to you, just go outside, it's sunny. I can see myself, it's, it's, it's pitch black. No, that's the effect of the windows. 
and everybody says no no it is done and one person is and this person is in the imam meaning scholar trustworthy yes that whatever so we can't call him a liar okay because he's not known to be a liar it doesn't have previous in that as well so what do the scholars have then to go to we are either going to uh, we're going to study him and look at his age and whether he's become senile, whether he starts making mistakes, whether he's misunderstood something. But a lot of the time, we're going to write it off as something else going on in the chain that we don't understand. And this statement is shav. It's odd. And it's the odd one out. And so therefore, it's to be disregarded. And what I said, as a slip of the tongue, okay, is that this increase was by Imam Muslim. All right? That the increase is what? Okay, that he did not yani, move it when he used to make the point with it when he used to make dua and he would yani, he would not uh, make taharruk with it yeah and I said that this was considered to be shad like Sheikh Al-Bani for example he's famously yani, known to have said that this increase is shad because he wants to support the argument for the movement this says that he didn't used to move it clearly Actually, this increase, as Mesa spotted, is in Abu Dawood and not in Sahih Muslim. This increase that is considered to be shab. It doesn't actually affect our lesson or any of our, le- our positions, but it affects the statement that I made, which was that the shad was in, that this increase was by narrated by Muslim, that some considered to be shad. We reject that argument, first of all, anyway, even if it was in Muslim or in Abu Dawood. We don't, we, we don't accept that this increase is shad at all. It is narrated by Abdullah ibn Zubair, the hadith is sahih, the sanad is sahih, the, 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 the chain is full of imams. But I just, I just said Muslim instead of saying Abu Dawood. And that's something I want to correct. And well spotted, Mesa. Right, that having been said, let's now move on to these issues. We kind of opened it up um, uh, by saying the first point to talk about Jahannam, right, is... Um, is it present now or not? Okay, that's what we started, and we concluded that yes, it is. That it is because Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, Surah Al-Baqarah, verse twenty-four, that it has already been prepared for the disbelievers. It's already been done and dusted. It's created already, and the Prophet ﷺ was shown it as well. It's something which has been. Yani, finished and it is hasil al-an it is its preparation is ready the next issue is hal hiya mu'abbada aw mu'ammada and this is where we came to in a, this is where we ended in a lesson last week is it something which will go on forever or is it temporary is it finite or is it infinite the punishment therein allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says this is certain Nisa verse 168 and 169 Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that those who disp- those who disbelieve and uh, and and do shirk yani meaning and do zulm which is his shirk Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not forgive them and he will not guide them to the straight path except to the path of Jahannam wherein or therein uh, where or where therein they will reside forever fiha abada and this entire discussion is going to pre- uh, is going to be 
based upon the word abada abada okay abada which is also the word for ta'bid and where the argument comes is that jahannam is it mu'abada or not okay abad means forever and ever permanent okay and and when we say when someone says to you in the arabic language when someone says uh, did you do that and you say abadan absolutely not absolutely so abadan yani has a conclusive aspect to it absolutely not whatsoever but when we say something yani is lit yani it means that it's forever and ever so abadan allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned it now uh, uh, as uh, Sheikh, uh, Sheikh Abdul Ghaffar was mentioning that this phrase, I think actually all of us, when we recite the Quran, we've heard the phrase Khalidina fiha abada, right? Everybody knows this phrase as a pack, everybody knows it. One of the easy, one of the easy kind of phrases. Eight times, Sheikh? For the Jannah. Jannah. Eight yeah. times it's been used for Jannah, that they will reside therein forever. Forever. Khalidina and khuld, okay, which means to remain forever. Okay, Khalidin is to is to stay. Okay, fiha uh, therein abada forever and ever and ever eight times in for Jan for Jannah. The only reason I mentioned that is because there's not a single person here who wants to dispute that concept or feels that they want to argue against that, right? Because I mean that would be kind of like a disaster, right? Okay, so we're very happy to accept that. So the question is that why is there even a discussion? The discussion, of course is going to be why would people want Jahannam to be temporary? Well, for the Muslims, it's not going to matter because no Muslim remains in hellfire forever. This is coming now from the philosophical idea of how can there be such a God that will yani, punish someone forever and ever. It's coming from a later, a later idea introduced to the Muslims from the uh, outsiders. Those who had a problem with the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, understanding the evil of human beings and understanding the concept of justice in this world and, and the hereafter, understanding the enormity of shirk. The enormity of shirk. Yani none of us, and I, I, this, this is important why I say now, that if there are people who are completely tuned in to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His justice and they knew just what a great crime it was to go against Him subhana, okay, and do this great oppression, right? If you put yourself in that scenario, you're more than happy to justify that you would never ever forgive a person who, and I've, I've spoken about this before, you have a servant, you pay him, yani, let's say that you have a servant, a servant should pay, be paid what? A couple of grand a month, right? If you had a servant, he's earning 25 grand a year for looking after you, what, say three grand a year? Imagine you're getting paid 100, 200 grand a year, okay? And I'm using the grand, 200 grand as a metaphor for receiving everything, okay? And... You say to him, right, uh, so today we'll start with, uh, I think, breakfast, if I can have some X, Y, Z, and he turns and says, go and cook it yourself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? You'd be like, like what the fish is all about. You, you, you'd be confused, and you'd be like, okay, he's obviously lost his mind, and I'll give the bandana a chance or something, yeah? And you say it again. And then, for that, you might, even if you are the most number one compassionate person on this planet, might say, you know what, my guy's having a really bad day, so I'm just going to ignore everything that he says today. And you'd get up if you're super Mr. Compassionate. And you would then you'd say, you know what, you just take the day off. Like I said, if you're compassionate. If you're someone normal, you're killing this guy. <laughs> Do you understand? Now what I'm trying to say to you is that imagine now, that's one day, one event. Imagine now for a week and a month that not only does he refuse to work for you, but he abuses you and swears at imam and does everything. And yeah, you're the worst thing you can possibly imagine. Do you, at the human level, think that you could 
get over that and just what and if you don't think that you can and the, the, the truth is, is the very best of us would give up after a day or two right at some point everybody's going to give up and it's insulting to think that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's right and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's honor and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's hukuk upon himself is not the same or is not greater than what you're feeling yourself of being skanked, your money being skanked, your honor being skanked, you know, all that kind of thing. And you're quite happy to take revenge and to say, never will you be, uh, ever be hired again and blah, 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 and get rid of you forever. So I just want to say that the problem is, is that our perception of Allah's rights are very, very low. And the waswas that we hear from society that, you know, it's not fair, not right, they're very, very strong. And therefore that led to an argument being put forward that actually the hellfire must end. It's not becoming of Allah to punish people in hellfire forever. The first ayah, there are, as I said, eight times in the Quran, Allah says that Jannah, people will be in their khalid in the fiha, abada. For Jahannam, three times. You heard the first. Athani Shaykh. Surah Al-Ahzab, verse 64, verse 65, and indeed Allah has cursed Al-Kafirin and has prepared for them a Sa'ira. Sa'ira means the Hellfire. It's a name for the Hellfire and it is the Hellfire. Khalidina fiha abada, and they will remain therein forever. And the third, third. Surah Al-Jinn verse 23 And whoever disobeys Allah and his messenger then فَإِنَّ لَهُ نَارَ جَهَنَّمَ And then for them will be or for him will be a hellfire that they will reside therein forever. Okay? Shaykh Uthameen says, if Allah had mentioned this once, it would have been enough. If Allah had mentioned this once, it would be enough. Then what about then three times? And it's yani ajeeb that we have still got a small number of scholars that did actually consider that the fire will extinguish itself. Okay? And uh, that is going against the kitab and the sunnah in the clearest possible way. Yani when you've seen how clear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions this and the word like if you said khalidina or they would go there or you know phrases like that are general and vague you get it but when you use the word khalidin which means to be there forever okay to, to remain you yeah, need to stick there and then you mention abada as well meaning that there is not going to be any end uh, yeah, what ta'wil are you actually giving now I wrote some notes this was something important for me about 20 odd years ago, 20, yeah, about 20 years ago, when I started, when I started practicing, the first thing that I got involved with was da'wah to non-Muslims, okay? So I started practicing, you know how it is, you're on a, such a high buzz and you just want to share that with every single person. A lot of the Muslims around you are not interested, yep? Uh, Muslims, when they come to deen, they're normally coming to deen via an extraordinary event. Yeah, like I came to deen via an extraordinary event, everybody has a personal experience, either a death or something crazy or some you know light bulb moment whereas with non-muslims who come to islam it's a far more logical process there's a lot of discussion you, you know they're, they're normally a person who are interested had seen something and they want to debate about things okay and so when i was starting you know in the 90s to give dawah to non-muslims on a dawah table you start to then come across these kind of issues that questions that are being asked of you 
And I remember at that time coming across the position uh, that was becoming very popular at that time, that Ibn Taymiyyah, uh, his position was that the fire will run out. Okay? That it will be basically be extinguished. Um, I want to just talk a few minutes about that because it's important to clarify the truth. First of all, is it true that this has been held classically? Well, there are narrations from Umar ibn al-Khattab, from um, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, from Abu Huraira, and from Abu Sa'id al-Khudri, radiallahu anhum jami'an. These are four of the main uh, companions that have got some kind of narrations that indicate that the hellfire will run out. I mentioned in the last lesson one from Umar where he said that the hellfire is like the sand, uh, grains of sand. There is it's huge, but it will eventually run out. Al-Qumaqal, or something like that. Uh, the truth is, majority, if not all of them, are either weak or fabricated. Yani very, very weak from a Senate point of view, without bias or anything. So they are weak and not to be used as evidence. And some scholars said that even the ones that are not weak, they have some kind of yani, indication that it's not talking about the hellfire in itself, but talking about other things. But I just want to say is that there does seem to be a rumbling in the early years. It's the mid-years where it becomes very prominent. Okay, still, yani, only from one or two people. And its number one most prominent person is Ibn al-Qayyim Jawziyyah. Okay, this person, Ibn al-Qayyim Jawziyyah, or Ibn Qayyim al-Jawziyyah, these are the two ways that you say his name. He's one of the greatest scholars of Islam. He's one of the imams of this religion. And he's known, yani, he's known mostly for speaking something else, but he is worthy as a great imam in of himself, a great scholar, a great author, but he's most famously known as the number one student of Sheikh al-Islam Ibn Taymiyyah. Okay? And Ibn, uh, Ibn al-Qayyim has a number of books, and in, one of the, in, in a couple of the books, in Hadi al-Arwah and in Shifa al-Alil, these are books that he writes a lot about the soul and about these kind of things, right? And in both of these books, he discussed the issue of the hellfire and whether it will end or not. And he went through a number of opinions. And it is clear that he did like and feel some affinity to the idea that the fire will end. And he also indicated that this was indicated, but not in any way directly, that this was the position of his teacher Ibn Taymiyyah. And it became famous as the Ibn Taymiyyah position, right? And so even the enemies of Ibn Taymiyyah, especially from the modernists, this is the one thing they love about Ibn Taymiyyah. You know what I'm saying? They're desperate for a liberal opinion to be able to put out there and say, listen, you know, there's no such thing as salvific exclusivity. This is what we're talking about, by the way. Salvific exclusivity. Salvation, basically. Is it possible for a person to be saved outside of Islam? Okay? Is it possible for a person to, like the Sufis say, that these are all roots to God? So whether the Christian or the Jew or the Buddhist or the Maoist or the whatever, okay, these are all roots to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of them are acceptable. And uh, they're just different expressions referring to different times and so on and so forth. And even if uh, these are wrong, but they're not so wrong that they get permanent yani, punishment, and rather at some point they will come out because Allah's mercy is greater than his anger. This was the first evidence that was ever, ever put forward for this idea, the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu in Rahmati Ghalabat Ghadari, that my mercy overcame my anger. My mercy overcame my anger. This hadith is Sahih, 
But they took a huge principle out of this saying that it completely overcome all form of anger. And I just want to put out there that, that Jahannam, of course, is an expression of the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but not just the anger of Allah. So even if Allah's mercy was his dominant characteristic, which of course it is, and we know that, okay? And even if it overcomes all of his, uh, the, all of his uh, expressions of anger, whatever it is, Jahannam has to exist because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put it there for other reasons than just anger. It's there for justice, it's there for revenge, it's there for not just yani, anger per se. It's there for the people, it's there for them to get their own justice as well in places where they were wronged. So it's not just anger. So that, doesn't, that hadith doesn't even actually completely explain the concept. But anyway, that's the number one hadith. The other things we were having discussion, Shaykh Abdul Farah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Shaykh Surah Al Hud. So the day will come where no one will speak and except by the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala one will be one will be shaqi and one will be sa'id one will be a, will be in misery and the other one will be in delight so the one who is in misery, he will be in the fire. Khalidina fiha. Okay. Khalidina fiha. Illa masha arabbu. No, no. Madamatisamawat wal arabbu. Yeah. That he will remain in the. Uh, hellfire forever as long as the heavens and the earth are there except for that which your Lord wills and indeed, indeed your Lord it does whatever he wants <laughs> so this uh, and then the next ayah is as for those people who will be happy then they will be in Jannah as long as the heavens and the earth are there except for that which your Lord wills a gift which will not yani, end a gift yani, of blessing so these two ayat are actually interesting because here we have Khalidin Fiha without the Abada, which is the first thing which grabs our attention. The second more important one is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala seems to give a light, a chink of light, yani that except for that which your Lord wills. Right? Yani indicating that there might be, you know, the, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala might, uh, well, He does what He wants. Yani effectively, uh, uh, if your Lord w wishes, wishes that, then, then so be it. And this was if you're effectively the buy-in. The buy-in. Now the problem, of course, with this argument, and the reason why it has been rejected, as I mentioned in the class last week, not by only by every single madhab, but astonishingly by every single sect. That's the ajib part. So not just the atharis, the salafis, the ash'aris, the yani all of the scholars of the sunnah in general, those people who have a basic methodology where they go back to the Quran and sunnah. So not like mu'tazila, not modernists, because they're not scholars. They don't have a methodology. Yeah, so they don't go to that. But the scholars of sunnah that we call, that we have major differences in aqidah with, like Sufis, for example. The Sufis are people of the sunnah. They believe in the Quran, they believe in the Sunnah, they make mistakes, but they still, if you were having a discussion with them, they accept the finality of these two sources. You're going to speak to some plum today, 
you know, Dr. Adnan Ibrahim or X or Y or whatever, whatnot, modernist, like Musama Hassan, for example, you know, or Majid Nawaz or whatever. If you're having a discussion with these people on evidences, they won't accept the finality of the Quran and the Sunnah. That's why, you know, whenever we're talking about the whole unity thing and why it's important to be unified, even though we have differences, it's because we are a block and we are seen as a block. It's called orthodoxy, right? And orthodoxy itself has its various flavors, and obviously there's deviancy amongst the and its wider circles. But the deviancy of the of that wider circle is not the same as the deviancy of the the feminists, the secularists, the liberals, the ex. They don't even believe in the finality or the divinity of the Quran Sunnah. They believe in the divinity of the mind, right? That overcomes the text all the time. That's what they call a nakal of the aql. And Ibn Taymiyyah, this is important for us, where he wrote a book, Dar Ta'arud al Aql. He wrote a book, a huge book, about talking about the, the contradictions of the text and the mind, the, 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 the intellect and the mind, the intellect and the text, okay? And he went through, you know, he was obviously seen as the big defender of Greek mythology, Greek philosophy, Roman, yani Hellenistic thoughts, and so on and so forth. Um, uh, he wrote a response to all of the philosophical, theological doubts that people have. And in there, we re realize that this is a false claim that Ibn Taymiyyah held this uh, opinion. Ibn Taymiyyah very clearly stated that the fire will not end, that it will not. By the way, if you want to study this yourself, this issue is called <coughs> Fana' al-Nar. Okay, Mas'alatil Fana' al-Nar. Okay, the issue of the, extin the extinction of the fire. Fana', fana is, um, means extinction. Fana is one of those Sufi phrases, you know, they say I'm in a state of fana. You know, it means that my soul uh, is, <laughs> my soul is like, how do they say it? What do you have to go there for? The, you know, fana nafs means like, you know, that I've so overcome my ego that it's basically, it's, it's gone, it's finished, it's disappeared, like I'm, I'm completely the pure now. Like I'm, like you know, I'm one now with everything. Does that make sense? No. Well, that's stupid. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Just, just pause while while uh, while uh, Mesa says, uh, you know, it doesn't already mean forever. So why add it? It is an emphasis. Khalid Nafiha does mean forever. Abada takes any single doubt about that, you know, out of the picture. So that's correct. And we can say Zayadul Thiqa, that there's an increase yani, from an authentic uh, source. That's what uh, the majority of the, of the scholars have said that. Okay, uh, Naveed, good question. So anyway, um, from the modern scholars, by the way, you'd be surprised, quite a few of our major scholars, major scholars, yani, conveniently followed this opinion. Like I said, it's a very strong liberal appeal to it. So you can imagine some of our more famous liberal scholars, like Sheikh Yusuf Al-Qarrabi, for example, he did follow this opinion. He was of the and when he was asked about it, he goes, "Wallah, he goes that I'll be honest with you." He goes, "My my heart feels really, my heart, uh, my mind doesn't want to accept it, but my heart feels comfortable with it." Now the truth is, everybody's heart would feel comfortable with an opinion like that. That's the that's the problem. Everybody would would like to think that you know it's all la di da and it's all gonna end happily ever after, right? But we all know that life doesn't live happily ever after. So there's that. So anyway, the point is, we have three. Uh, verses there and I also want to go even further that when I looked into it and I remember this of course from the from my back in my back in my days that Ibn Qayyim actually 
And if you study it clear, carefully, he doesn't commit himself to this position as well. He, he makes part of it as a discussion. In some part, he goes, in the end, all I will say is Allah does what he wants and I'll leave it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's certainly able to. Which, by the way, you might think is a fair statement. This is not a fair statement. This is not a judging discussion between two parties. You're speaking about Allah's statement, Allah's, Allah's words. You can't cop out like that. So if Allah says that this is what's going to happen, then you've got to assert it. Uh, 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 you've got to assert it. And that's actually what he does do in the Wabil Sayyib. A Wabil Sayyib is something which has been translated. What's it called? You know the the the, the, the very nice book, Ibn Qayyim. What's it called, man? A Wabil Sayyib. The something. Uh, uh, you know, it's like super arty and expensive, man. The, the Ibn Qayyim translation. Wabil Sayyib. No, no, the translation. Translation of the Kitab. Yeah. What's that? What's, what, what's that? Yani Ibn Qayyim, a book in English called. They they changed the title for it. They they get, they called it um. If you just type in ITS Ibn Al Qayyim, okay, ITS printed it, Islamic Text Society. What do they call it, man? Invocation of God. That's exactly what it is. Yep. The invocation of God. And uh, Nabi, does it say on the cover that this is Al Wabil Sayyib? Have I got that right or have I got that wrong completely? Because Al Wabil Sayyib means the plentiful rain. The book is about yani, just his thoughts and discussions and so on and so forth. I think that what they did is they found that, that you know, artistic license, we don't like yani, the translation. We're going to give it a full translation. It's a very good translation, by the way. Okay, But I think they called it the invocation of God. He'll confirm. Anyway, in that, he says, He says it himself, that these two abodes will never stop. They will go on forever and ever. So he hears, yeah, Navid's confirmed that. Yeah, so it is, in that translation, that's seen as one of his major texts. Now, here's the thing. They responded and said, ah, this has been abrogated by what he said in Hadi al-Arwah and Shifa al-Alil. But there's no evidence for that. There's no evidence for that. And when it's clear that the vast majority of scholars are going one way, and he indicates that as well, why would we then suddenly say, no, actually, he did go the other way? So in the end, what we can what we can say is that there's no doubt that there, and even even Sheikh Uthameen um, accepts that there is a small group of people that says that say that okay, um, and he can't believe that they did say that. But I want to say that that small group is not as big as you may think, and Ibn Qayyim and Ibn Taymiyyah are not from them, despite the claims that you will always read that they are. Okay, folks. Um, any questions about that? Any more questions about that? Yeah, and he says he says that this has been mentioned by a really tiny, small number of scholars, and he goes, frankly, it doesn't matter. And he's obviously he knows that you know that some of his main heroes are being mentioned in that, and he is very clear about it. He goes, but whoever is going against a nas sarih, a clear, definite text, then, yani, that's just a problem. Yani, we can't, we can't, we can't, yani, support them at all. They're wrong and they're wrong, and that's it. All right. Um, A harith, uh, I, I nearly said Haris. Yeah. You know, you know I, I, I think I, said, I used this word Haris the other day. And I was thinking, I'm using this word Haris. And, and uh, I'll tell you where I used it. Uh, and I thought, I've heard this word somewhere. And I just realized it's from here. Yeah. Anyway, so I went into the Kanafa shop. You know, Mr. Kanafa? Boy, that place is a fit. Now, I'm going to Mrs. Wazumi, she goes, I'll have some of that basbusa. I said, what? 
She goes, Basbusa. Huh? No, I didn't. I, I had. I, 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 you know what it is? When she said Basbusa, yeah, I thought to myself, I think I've heard of that, but there's not a chance that I'm going to do my best by saying to the guy, can I have some of that Basbusa? And he'd look at me like that, saying, you what? Yeah? There was, there was not a chance. So I said, girl, are you sure? She goes, that's what I've been told. Yeah, and I looked at it, and you know, it's that, it's the, you know, that stuff that looks like, uh, what does it look like? Baked or tart? Yeah, with the, with the, huh? With the almond on it, yeah? Yeah, with the almond on it. What's, what, what's it called in English? Oh, it's lovely. Semolina. Semolina. So, yeah, sorry, sem- but, but when you put it into a cake, what's it called? A baked or tart? Cake. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just say, don't ask her? Bro, she's a sick cook, and I remind you that she made cakes that you flipping devoured, bro. What? The, the green one. Yeah, the green one. <laughs> the green one. <laughs> the, one the, with the, the one with the Bengali any flag. Let's make a cake with a Bengali flag, Sheikh. Nationalism. Yeah. Anyway, so Samalina cake. Anyway, what the point is, is that I said to the... Anyway, she got, I swear it is. I swear it is. So I, you know, I'll be honest with you, I didn't trust her. So I said to the guy, can I have some of these? <laughs> I said, can I have some of these, please? And uh, he goes, uh, these, yeah? I go, yeah, yeah. I go, uh, what's this called? And he goes, uh, this, uh, some people call it basbusa. Mrs. Obi started giving it, you know, the big one, yeah? So I said, wait, wait. I go, there's definitely another name that I have heard for this. Because when I was abroad, they didn't call this basbusa. And he goes, Haris. So I said, Haris, that's the word. And that's where the Haris, I've seen it. Okay? See that long story, how the mind works? Okay, all right. Hadith says the question, what's the refutation? The refutation is, is that the specific and the am. This is general, right? So we, uh, he's saying, what, you know, how do I respond to the verses that we just said? It would indicate that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, if you took it literally, it would indicate that it's not forever. But that's not the case. If you have, you know, whatever Allah wills, why are you translating it as Allah wills that it's not going to end? What if I say Allah wills it to end? Um, uh, why are you translating that Allah wills it to end when we, I would say Allah wills it to not end. Allah wills it exactly as He said. Allah is confirming His statement that He's already said before. So there's no evidence in this. If this was the only verse that existed, then there's no doubt about it. But in the presence of so many other verses that say that they will remain there forever, there's nothing else to say. Um, which well known scholars legitimately, Naveed, asking? Only Yusuf al Qardawi, I can say for absolute certainty. And Ibn Qayyim could be argued, but that's it. But I've just said to you that Ibn Qayyim's statement clear on it for me. Ibn Taymiyyah, no doubt about it, didn't hold his position. He discussed it, never uh, committed to it. He has clear statements, as I said, in, in the Dara and in Majmu'l Fatawa, yani against it, and in Talbis al Jahmiyyah. If you ever read his book, it's against Jahmiyyah, he quotes it so clearly against him. Jahmiyyah, what people were denying everything. So, anyway, uh, Abida says, so does yani, illa ma sha'a rabbuk indicate the salvation of some from Jahannam as opposed to raising evidence regarding the eternal existence of Jahannam? That would only be the case, Abida, if it was only for the people of Su'idhu, uh, uh, those people who are going to be happy. Because we know that's going to happen, that the Muslims are going to get punished in the hellfire, billah, and then they will be taken out. That would refer completely to yani, his will. But then what does that mean for the, the kafirin? It doesn't, I don't think that, that what you said, Abida, it would apply. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Okay, the third issue concerning the fire. Is it a real one that will hurt? Or is it, yani, 
Or will they be like stones or burnt يعني beyond recognition so therefore they will not feel the pain? Okay? Naam, Sheikh. Surah Al-Baqarah verse 110 they will have a painful punishment. Not a severe punishment. Not a horrible punishment. A painful. What's the point of saying alim? Alam is the word. You know I have alam here. I have alam here. Uh, uh, I, 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 I feel pain. So it is a proper uh, punishment. And... Uh, if there was no pain, then they wouldn't ask any for it to stop. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, <laughs> This is heavy. Surah Zukhruf, uh, verse 78. They will say, Malik, yani to the keeper of the hellfire. If only your Lord would finish us off. But Malik will answer, No, you are here to stay. No, you are here to stay. Um, so, yani, Sheikh Uthameen uh, says that they will be they will feel the pain and there's absolutely no doubt about that the fire has been described in terms of heat and burning to that the the fire will burn the insides and the outsides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Certain Nisa, Surah 4, verse 56, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that indeed those who disbelieve in our verses, we shall burn them in the hellfire every time their skin burns away, we will replace it for another one so that they may taste the punishment. And indeed, Allah is almighty and wise. And Shaykh Uthameen says, This is as clear as it comes. This is a real pain that they will feel. Otherwise, what is the point of the skin being replaced? And what would Allah, why would Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say that we replace it so that they can feel the pain as well? And... Um, who can remind me from the uh, Uhud? I mean, obviously, yeah, some of you have been before, but yeah, any those folks who went on Uhud, what, another evidence I mentioned? Anyone? Who can think of another evidence from the Sunnah about Uhud? The Prophet ﷺ, he said that on the Day of Judgment, on the, uh, uh, in, uh, after death in Jahannam, that the Kafir, you know that when you're one of the important things about going to Uhud is to appreciate that it's real and that it has a size. And once you've seen that, then you realize that the Prophet ﷺ refers to Uhud a number of times in good and in bad. We all know the good, but you don't know the bad. So to know the size of it, the Prophet ﷺ said that in Jahannam, the size of the Mola tooth of the Kafir will be the size of uh, Uhud. So the molar tooth of the kafir will be the size of Uhud. So you can imagine the size of his entire body. And the reason for that is to increase their punishment. So that a person has a greater sense or a greater surface area to be punished. Yani it's a horrific reality. And you know, we could spend 
you know uh, truth is truth is is that there's no human being that would would want to support that punishment forever and ever and want the argument that hell goes on forever when you hear this kind of reality but instead of wasting our time yani, and arguing with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala about it should stop why don't we just bloody focus on not going there do you know what I mean I mean this is the problem and I, I, I you know I don't want to bore you guys here, but I'll say this again right and I don't know where I say it originally I think it's in fit now I think it's some it's in some class that um, I don't do this much anymore but um, uh, when I um, used to locum a lot okay locum one of the great things about locuming locuming means contracting and you go from different places to different places as a pharmacist you would go to uh, different kind of uh, uh, cities towns rural city based and one of the great things about locuming is zero accountability <laughs> okay zero accountability you're just coming in and you're basically you know you're just covering for a person and you're just dealing with you know whatever is in front of you and then you're getting off you know what I mean now if you're a conscientious practicing you know person knowing then you're gonna you know you practice itqan then you do it anyway regardless okay and obviously I'm a Muslim and I couldn't you know reduce my quality or my service and a proof that everything was going right is I would keep getting uh, invited back and that's a, that's a proof that a locum is a good locum obviously so but the one thing that I did take advantage of of when it comes to accountability or lack of accountability is to say whatever I wanted think about that for a second Haji Bismillah is it time? Damn, that's it. That's right. Damn, Binia, okay? Yeah? you know what's up? What are you trying to do to us? Come on, Lala. Come on, Lala. So, the, the idea is, is that if you can go and say whatever you want, yeah? I was all, I was a dowel machine. I was like straight out. Like, they're not going to sack, what, you're going to sack me? You know what I mean? I'm going to do, you know, everything and say everything. So, I'd go straight and I'd go, right, let's not waste time. Let's speak about da 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 and I cannot remember being defeated in a discussion or not winning the debate when it comes to logic and concept and everybody agreeing. Okay? Bismillah.
Um, and I tell everybody this in lectures and in relationships and uh, yani, uh, whatever I, I get an opportunity to speak to people is that the vast majority of the kuffar do not believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because they don't believe in the truth of it. It's because they don't want to believe in it. I cannot tell you how many of the people that I worked with, they agreed with me, they agreed with the sharia. I'd go deep, I wouldn't just stop at logic of, the, of God. I'd say, well, that's easy. That's the most obvious thing in the flipping planet. And what, you don't believe in God, you plumb. Right? It'll be that what about Islam? What about Sharia? What about our punishment system? What about our ibadah system? What about the concept of forcing people to worship because they're not good at themselves? You know, these things which are difficult to explain. I'd have all of them converted to that as well. Yeah, but we want to have some fun. Yeah, but we want to. Yeah, but it was always desires. That's why Ibn Taymiyyah, when he wrote yani, all of his stuff, he said that the, the, the problems of mankind go back to two shahawat or shubuhat. Doubts, which are the few, there's people who do doubts and shahawat, there's people's desires. There's people's desires, they're not willing to have the discipline. So frankly, when we talk about this whole issue, okay, about punishment, whatever, it's because people are ready for this. They want this. They don't understand how serious it's going to be, but they want this. They like, you know, as long as I have a great innings, we'll take whatever's coming. You know, this kind of stupidity, utter stupidity. And why, I tell you why this is completely unacceptable. It's coming from mostly from a people who are grown up in a, tri a Christian tradition. And there is no religion on this planet that is as graphic in its tradition as the Christians when it comes to the hellfire. They make it a fundamental part of their art. They make it a fundamental part of their culture and their legacy, their heritage. You go there, you see. Yani, when you go to watch the Renaissance art, yani, uh, the thing is, uh, what's, what's it, Dante's fire? Is that the most famous one? Dante's Inferno. Yeah? That's famous book. It's just crazy. Yani, they, they make yani, the greatest artworks, people being, yani, you, know, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, we would look like children compared to them. They're coming from that and they still think it's a joke. So it's real. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, He also says, he also says, and he also says, So you all know about Surah Al-Kaf. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in 29 that when they ask and they call for uh, water, they will be given ما إن كالمهل يعني they will be given a water that will be like uh, 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 molten metal okay that will will just melt their faces يشب الوجوه it will melt their, so they are hoping for relief they are given basically molten metal and it burns everything away يغاث بما إن كالمهل يعني they will be they, they, they will seek water and they will be given water and it will be boiling uh, and Hamiman, they will be given water and there's a common thread here that they think that they're getting help and they get this water that is boiling Hamiman their intestines will be the their stomachs and the intestines will melt from inside so and then uh, and taste 
taste taste yani it's real yeah the punishment of al-hariq hariq is is referring to burning as well but it's another name for the hellfire in all of these things external internal large small there's very much a uh, the senses are involved it is real it's not fake and uh, it's no joke it's no uh, joke i think we'll pause there i think uh, ask one or two questions and say one or two things um, uh, th- firstly is what uh, Solange was saying uh, Solange said something interesting I can't she's saying work out the, the, the contradiction effectively isn't there one between Abada and Madamatis Samawat Wal Ard one is saying forever and the other one is saying as long as the heavens and the earth are there or whilst the heavens and the earth are there the reason there's no contradiction is like I said before my answer actually answered it all I said that if it was only Madamatis Samawat Wal Ard okay then it wouldn't then it, it, it would it would then mean only a limited time once we have verses that say abada then the limited time can then interpreted can be interpreted as part of the forever does that make sense yani meaning that once you've got madamatis samawat wal ard it is referring to i it could refer to all of the time it could refer to as samawat wal ard it could be you can you can you can always reinterpret as samawat wal ard once you've got a statement that says forever if you don't have a statement forever then you know that this is going to be limited when you do have a statement forever then madamatis samawat wal ard can be interpreted as forever can be interpreted for the muslims only can be interpreted as different forms of punishment you can do all kinds of ta'wil on madamatis samawat wal ard um, if you have the same argument for this life is temporary, the hereafter is forever. Yes. How can you have Jahannam temporary or for a fixed period in a forever in, in a forever paradigm? Correct. You can't have, yani you can't just say well, I want one, I don't want the other. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, yeah. I think that's pretty much, uh, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Um, we have only one more lesson left, okay, uh, which is uh, next week. The time is going to be a bit less. Hey, I'm right, yeah? Only one more lesson. Yeah, because uh, Ramadan like Sunday or something, oh? Monday. Yeah, so uh, one more lesson, inshallah. And everybody, you know, make sure you're on the mailing list to get yeah, any updates of the notes. Mesa and her team doing a great job. They'll be ready all very soon. Then it's yeah, some revision and then some exam dates and then obviously the beginning of the new academic year. Um, next week, yeah, we'll try to uh, finish off all of the the, the, the rest of this uh, du'a. It took longer today, but sometimes yeah, you know, it's good to be doing something a bit different and hear the verses from the Quran by Sheikh and so on and so forth. And uh, that's about it. My final... Um, uh, my final thing is I want to request for your uh, dua. You know that you guys were there for me last time as well a year ago when I had my knee operation. I had a double knee operation and it was very, very successful, alhamdulillah. I was on the move yani, weeks after and was able to obviously you know, do all the trips and hajj and everything. Unfortunately, in the last couple of months, the pain has increased in my right knee and it has been confirmed that I've torn my meniscus again in my right knee. And so I will be going under the knife on Friday, inshallah, this Friday and uh, back out on Saturday or something like that. So your du'as are requested, inshallah, that that goes okay. And uh, one way or the other, I will be here uh, regardless or next week for the dars. 
and uh, that's about it zakumul khair subhanakallahu wa bihamdika ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilaik wa assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh